Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Well, I know some people have already heard it this morning uh, that had one day of summer yesterday and they thought, oh, enough of that. Well, not, I know it's not summer yet, but one day of very hot weather and they were thinking, oh, enough, I've done this already. But uh, I personally love summertime. I love the hot weather, the warm weather. And uh, this time of year, I always do my bronze medallion requalification for my schools. And so I know when I do that, because I always do it towards the end of November. So I know when I'm doing that, summer is coming and I love summer. I love this time of year because it's all about Jesus' birth and the fact that he's come into the world and, and saved us. And so I love this time of year with the celebrations and the end of year activities. And, and so I personally am very excited about this fest, festive season that's coming. So I'm like, yes, bring on the hot weather, because I know that that means that uh, Christmas is upon us. And I just love it. And I'm really excited to bring this word to you this morning. Uh, something that's been really stirring in my heart for a good month or so. I felt God say to me uh, about a month or so ago, I am the mountain mover. I thought, oh yes, I'm picking up on that. And so I just felt my spirit soar and I knew that this was not just a message, you know, for myself, but also for, uh, for our church community. And so I've been preparing this message and, and funnily enough, not funny, but you know, it's, it's God, right? Uh, you know, I've heard people talk about moving mountains. So Sandra said, to, she's in our Life Kids rooms today, but she sent me a text a few weeks back and said, God can move mountains. George mentioned God moving mountains in our prayer meeting we had a couple of weeks back. Laura said to me this week, that she had seen a version devotional pop-up about God moving mountains. And so I thought, yes, it's very clear to me that this is a message for us in this season that, that God is our mountain mover. And of course, in the person of Jesus Christ, we really see that this is, uh, we see this picture of God being the mountain mover. Through Jesus, we see that God is able to turn bad situations around. He's able to transform the hardest of hearts, the most broken of hearts. He's able to bring light in our darkness. Uh, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, sovereign and supreme in all His ways. God moves mountains. And so as we dive into what this means for us, the passage of Scripture I'm focusing on is in Matthew 20. One And the context here is that Jesus has come to Jerusalem on a donkey to people praising Him in the streets. He's gone to the temple, to His Father's house, rebuking and driving out those who are using the temple uh, for their greedy and exploitive uh, ventures. He's healed the blind and the lame. He's been questioned by the, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. He's gone outside of Jerusalem. He's spent the night uh, in a place called Bethany. And now we're picking up here from verse 18 when He's on His way back to Jerusalem the next day with His disciples. So Matthew 21, starting here. Here at verse 18. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Even if we just stop there, you know, Jesus experienced the same struggles, the same things that we do. You know, here we see he's hungry. Do you find it comforting that when you read things like this? I do, that, that Jesus fully understands our humanity. Uh, verse 19, seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it but found nothing on it except leaves. How do you feel when you're hungry and you go to order something at a cafe and you go out to order it, you're really excited and they tell you it's either run out or it's not available. <laughs> Anyone else kind of had that happen? Uh, and so I wonder how Jesus felt going up to this tree. He's expecting figs and he's only uh, finding a bunch of leaves. I'd be very disappointed, especially if I was hungry. And so here we're carrying on in verse 19. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, 
They were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. So we also read this account in Mark 11, which has a slight variation in that the disciples only noticed the withered fig tree uh, the next day. Uh, But regardless of when the disciples noticed the the dead fig tree, it's very clear in both accounts that Jesus is giving us a lesson on faith. So as Mark's account clearly states, it was not the season for figs. So at this time of the year, March or early April, the trees only had early figs, which are apparently not palatable, not pleasant to eat. So this fig tree had the appearance that it would have figs because of the leaves. But of course, when Jesus went to inspect that tree, he found none. So the fact that it had leaves, but no early figs meant that it wouldn't grow any figs in season. So Jesus curses the fig tree and it withers. And just like the the absence of uh, figs on this leafy tree rendered it ineffective for its purpose, the absence of faith in our lives can cause us to wither. It can cause us to become stagnant, to kind of crumble under the pressures of everyday life, or even to sort of fall into a space of self-pity, anxiety, or depression. Continuing on, verse 21. So this is what Jesus uh, says to the disciples when they question him about the withering fig tree. Jesus replied, truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And so on the other side of the absence of faith is, is the presence of faith. And Jesus is saying that when we activate our faith, we're choosing to believe rather than doubt, mountains will move. And so faith is our trademark as Christians, right? Uh, Galatians 2 verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so living a life of faith where we continually place our trust and hope in God is made possible because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And so faith says and it prays that God is the mountain mover, no matter what is happening externally. And I will address a bit later on how do we respond when we are standing in faith, uh, but the mountain doesn't appear to move. But as I, I read these verses in, in Matthew 21, two keys immediately jumped out at me. And I believe these keys can help us to increase our faith and maybe in some, in some cases reignite it uh, where it needs to be. And so the first key here is that we're called to say it. We're called to say it. Uh, and so that verse, in, in, uh, that verse 21 there where he's saying, go, you know, th- uh, say to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea. Uh, and, 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 and of course, the verses, uh, the, sorry, the words around there uh, really see three things at work here. So the first is that Jesus is talking about the posture of our spirit, where we continually challenge ourselves to a place of faith over doubt. And I say challenge because it's not our natural tendency as humans, is it, to lean to faith. I think our natural tendency is, is to lean towards doubt. So it is a challenge to do that. Uh, Secondly, and I think this is extraordinary, uh, Jesus gives us heavenly authority to do what he did. So we often talk about, you know, we've got forgiveness, we've got freedom, but sometimes we don't talk about the fact we also have authority because of what Jesus has done for us. And the disciples couldn't understand why has the fig tree withered so quickly, which is why they asked Jesus about it. And and in Jesus' response, he's giving the disciples the authority to do the same as him on the earth. And now we're the same with us. We're 
Christians filled with His Spirit, we have the authority to do what He did here on this earth. We have the authority and the power in Jesus to make declarations with our mouths that can bring miraculous change into situations. And so faith over doubt, heavenly authority. And thirdly, and this is what I want to focus on specifically, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. So, so the symbolism of moving mountains and Jesus' instruction of what to say to the mountain uh, were Jewish metaphors for removing great difficulties or accomplishing something that was virtually impossible. And have you noticed that Jesus' statement is to say to this mountain. So this is very active and it's not passive. Uh, This is faith being put into action. We partner with God as our mountain mover to believe for miracles and for breakthrough. And we stand firm in our faith by declaring with our mouths what we want to see. Uh, When Jesus was faced with temptations, like he was when he was in the desert for 40 days and, and Satan was testing him, he didn't try to prove to Satan that he was the Son of God, he was the Messiah, he, he declared out loud to every test that Satan threw at him, he, he declared the Word of God. God, he spoke the Word of God. And when we read Genesis 1, each day of God's creation of the universe begins with the words, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And we've been doing a series uh, in house church on James. And there's a whole passage in there about the use of our tongue. Uh, James 3 verse 5 here in the Passion. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. What about Proverbs 18 verse 21? The tongue has the power of life and death. So what we say matters. We have the power of life and life and death in our mouths. And so when it comes to facing temptation or dealing with life's challenges, the mountains, our part is to say it, to declare what is true, uh, to speak out the promises of God's Word, to say to the mountain, move in Jesus' name. It helps to know, therefore, what our mountains are. So we can be specific and very intentional when we are praying, when we are speaking out His promises. So what is the obstacle or the barrier in, in, in our path? You know, what is our mountain? I'm sure that we're all thinking of those right now because none of us don't have them. We all have things that are, are going on in our lives that we're believing God to, to overcome uh, you know, with, with us partnering with Him in faith. You know, at the start of this year, I was quite apprehensive. Uh, I had some really key decisions to make about stepping into the property market. I had the potential option of building my own home. And, and even though I felt like God had led me to that point, I felt like it was a huge mountain that was in front of me. I didn't have all the expertise. I didn't really know the processes. I didn't have finance approval. I didn't know. I didn't have a building company. I, I, it was just a world of unknowns, right? You ever been in a world of unknowns where you're just kind of wondering what's going on? And, and so I got wise counsel and I was seeking God and started looking at some display homes and I was having conversations with the different representatives in the display homes and it seemed like the mountain was just getting bigger the more conversations I have. You know how when you think, I'm going to take a step of faith and the mountain will get smaller, but sometimes we take steps of faith and the mountain actually gets bigger. And so uh, as the mountain got bigger in my eye, doubt did as well. And I felt pretty low. And this whole thing felt too big for me. It was too much to get my head around. And I was afraid. You know, and I found myself really continually questioning if I was making the right decisions. And it really came down to a choice. I could allow the mountain to swallow me up, or I could take small steps of faith, even though my faith felt really small or really shaky at that time. 
And I had to fight negative thoughts and I had to watch my words because it was really hard during this time to speak life when I just felt like, I don't know, how, how do I do this, God? Have you ever said that? How do I do this? Uh, you know, this won't ever happen for me or I won't be able to find what I'm needing or I won't be able to find something that works for my budget. So I had to make declarations in this time that the mountain was going to move, that the doors were going to open for me. And I had to say it over and over again, you know, I have favour with you, God, and with man. You know, I believe your plan for me is to own a home. You're leading me to the right people, the right place at the right time. You're raising up a building company for me that will be honourable. And, and so I had to keep speaking that, even though I didn't necessarily feel it. Does that make sense? I didn't necessarily feel it, but I had to keep speaking it. And so I walked into a display home one day, and I met the sales representative uh, who I found favour and, and a great rapport with. And I just knew I could trust them. And little by little and step by step, uh, the mountain began to move. And at each step of the process, I continued to say to the mountain, uh, you know, the land is mine. Uh, and I'm, I've, I've got the right building company. Uh, finance approval is mine. I have favour with the bank. I have favour with the people that I'm liaising with over all the decisions regarding the building of this home. I will have my own home in the name of Jesus. And you know, I don't know what your mountain is. Maybe it's a broken relationship or like me, perhaps you are waiting for a house, financial hardship, unemployment, needing a new job, uh, illness, anxiety, depression, uh, and God has put it on my heart to remind us that He moves mountains. And as we say, say it, He moves on our behalf. And as we declare what we want to see happen in that situation, as though it's already happening, it's already happened, we will see mountains crumble. We will see circumstances change. We will have breakthrough moments. And the best thing is that God gets the glory through it all in Jesus' name. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, to begin with, uh, the, uh, that initial sales rep that I met, in the display home that day and started the process with is a Christian and he had gone to the land that I eventually secured and prayed over it and in fact he'd been seeking God he'd been he said to me when I found out he was a Christian which was an amazing moment uh, he said to me I, I've been praying for, I've been seeking God for wisdom about which area to look in and he'd looked in this area that I'm going to be building in previously uh, and seen nothing and then he felt God lead him back to that place one day. And, and then all of a sudden, a block of land had come up like that. And it was like one of the last ones in that area. So just extraordinary. If, I, if, if that was not confirmation that I was doing what I needed to be doing and that God was in this, I don't know what is. God is a mountain mover. He comes through and he's coming through for you in the name of Jesus. So we're called to say it. And we are also called to pray it, to pray it. Uh, verse 22, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So not only is Jesus calling us to say it, he's call, He wants us to pray it too. So faith is the doorway to seeing mountains move. And the prayer is the way by which we build our faith so we can continue to stand firm on the promises of God. And so I get the sense in this verse that, that Jesus is calling us to pray boldly, <laughs> to pray for the impossible. And in fact, He affirms this earlier in Matthew 17, 20, where we see this moving mountains metaphor again. Uh, he says, it says, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. And there are plenty of examples in God's Word of individuals who prayed courageously and remained faithful in the face of massive mountains. So uh, what about David? Well, we only need to read through the Psalms to know that David went through many highs and lows in his life, don't we? And in fact, I almost feel like with David, he would, get, he would 
overcome one mountain or conquer a mountain and there'd just be another one right there in his way. But it's his heart of prayer and continually turning back to truth, back to hope, back to restoration that's reflected in Scripture, especially in Psalm. Psalm 25, 4 to 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my Saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. My hope is in Jesus. <laughs> and I know it is for you too. Nehemiah, a Jewish leader supervising the rebuilding of Jew- Jerusalem city walls, but he's confronted by all sorts of oppositions and threats of attack, but he doesn't stop. He keeps on praying and he encourages those he's leading. Our God will fight for us, it says in Nehemiah 4 verse 20. And, and they of course complete the walls and I think it's about 52 days or something. Amazing, extraordinary. Uh, Esther, she prayerfully and strategically confronts the king of Persia, risking death to remove an edict to kill the Jews, her own people. Uh, Daniel, he's in a foreign land in Babylon during Israel's exile. And many around him know his devotion to God. And so they intentionally try to catch him out by tricking the king uh, to issue a rule that no one can worship any other God or man except uh, the king for 30 days. And and Daniel would have known that the punishment here was death. Uh, It was very clear. And so yet the first thing he turns to when he hears this news is to pray, is to get on his knees and pray. And sometimes when you hear news that's bad or, you, or that mountain seems to be getting big, you need to get on your knees and you need to pray. I need to do that too. We need to pray to our God and surrender that, that thing to Him so that He can move on our behalf. Daniel 6 verse 10, three times a day, He got down on His knees and prayed, giving thanks to His God just as He had done before. So what's interesting about the justice he had done before, this was already a habit for Daniel. It's not like he just heard bad news and then he started declaring God's a mountain mover. He already was in the habit of prayer. Things are going good. Things are going bad. In between, he's praying. He's on his knees. And that's what, that was what we need to do too, right? And so he's subsequently thrown into a lion's den uh, and, and God spares him from what in our human eyes, and I'm sure in the eyes of those who saw him step out of the lion's den the next morning was a pretty impossible impossible situation, but God got the glory. What about Paul? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, well, when he was thrown into prison unjustly, he's beaten and his feet fastened in the stocks in Acts 16, his heart response was to pray and to sing hymns to God. If I, I'm just being, if I was put into jail today, I, I don't know if that would be my first response. If I was already beaten, I, I hope it would be, But I must say, I don't know that it would be. When I read that, I'm really challenged. Wow, what incredible faith he had. And so I'm highlighting these individuals because they had giant mountains in front of them. And in each of their situations, they had to pray it to stay it. They had to pray it to stay it. In other words, prayer is what kept them going against uh, seemingly impossible odds. Prayer is what kept them going against, uh, uh, well, against a situation that just looked impossible to, to, to uh, turn out the right way, you know, to, to turn around for good. And, and prayer ignited the faith for them to see God as their mountain mover, regardless of the circumstance or how things appeared naturally. And each of them committed to prayer and they surrendered themselves to God because they knew without Him, they couldn't move the mountain. They needed Him. And in doing so, they saw God move on their behalf in extraordinary ways. He showed Himself to them as the mountain mover. So what happens then? When we pray and we pray, we declare in faith, we're speaking out loud His Word, the mountain doesn't move. The miracle doesn't happen. 
nothing appears to change. We're left with unanswered prayers, or at the very least, a mountain that certainly isn't moving in the timing or in the method that we believed it would. And as a church, we've been experiencing this lately as we've stood in faith, believing for healing for people that hasn't taken place the way we were expecting and believing for, or in the timeline that we were perhaps hoping for. And maybe you're going through this sort of season personally in your own life. And my heart's desire is to be married and have children. You know, and over the years, I've committed to praying in faith about this. And God just doesn't say a lot on the subject. Uh, He says over and over again, trust me. And sometimes I say, yep, that's great. Have you got anything else for me? Just looking for something else. Anything at all will do. I've heard that one before. And so as I keep waiting, you know, the mountain then is my insecurity. Come on, let's go there. My insecurity, right? And my fear of, uh, of what it means for my future. So has this tested my faith? Absolutely. Does it hurt? Yes. Have I had to fight feelings of jealousy or inadequacy? Yes. You know, we're human beings. And when we muster all the faith we can, and we're bold to pray big and, and, and call for the miraculous, and when we're believing for that mountain to move or for something to happen, and it doesn't, that can really hurt. I acknowledge that for some people, it really hurts when the mountain doesn't move. It can be disappointing and it can lead us to really dark places. And I've, I've, you know, I've been through that myself. I've been to dark places when I've you know, been believing for something and it, ha- it hasn't happened. It can really shake our faith. Jesus understands. If there's anyone that understands, it's Jesus. When he was dying on the cross, he cried out to, to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Wow. He knew what it was like to feel separation from God when things are dark. And he knows what it's like for you. And so what now? Is our faith not big enough? Is God not a mountain mover like we thought? Imagine if every time we faced unanswered prayer and, and we said, well, okay, I'm not going to pray for that anymore. Uh, I'm not going to declare healing or pray for that miracle because look what happened. Didn't happen last time, probably won't happen again. And so now the enemy has actually got us exactly where he wants because he has taken away our greatest, one of our greatest weapons, which is prayer. I mean, think about Jesus. He had a lifestyle of prayer. Do you think he got through all those things just because? No, he, he made sure that he had regular, consistent prayer times alone with his father so that he could get through the challenges and the circumstances. And so it's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to hurt. Uh, it's okay to be fearful. But, but we, have to, we can't stay in that place. We have to come back to a place of faith because our breakthrough and someone else's, uh, it depends on us activating our faith. So we go again. You know, God moved the mountains for me in the area of owning uh, land. But the whole process from when I went into that display home to when the land settled was about six months. And I had to continue to go to faith, to submit my fears and my doubts. You know, I had to give my need for control over to the Lordship of Jesus. As my home's now being built, it's still, I'm still in a process of that. So I had to give that control over to your bricks here. No, they're not here. Are your bricks here. No, they're not here. God, I trust you. God, I trust them. Bring the bricks. Amen. Hashtag bring the bricks. But, you know, we say it and we pray it. 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 God moves the mountains. He is the mountain mover. Come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And He's moving mountains for you today. And so can I have the, the keys of band up, please? You know, we don't want to wait to this, until the start of, you know, 2022 to pray over it, do we? Uh, we want to pray now for increased faith as we head into 2022. I want to do that. 
We want to pray for mountain moving moments next year. We want to believe that the God who's moved our mountains this year is the God who's going to move our mountains next year. And so what is our mountain moving moment with a believing in faith for? Is it for a relationship to be restored with a family member or friend or to develop a closer relationship with our spouse or children where there's been disunity, conflict or fractures, financial breakthrough, physical healing, emotional healing. I know people who are separated from family members who haven't been able to see them due to COVID or they're waiting for family to be able to travel to Australia, whether it's to visit or even in some cases live here. The mountain moving moment we're believing in faith for may be a permanent building for our church in Jesus' name, a job or a change of job, finding or building a home. And and no doubt you all have different mountains that you are believing in faith for to move. And I'm believing with you this morning. And so we have this opportunity right now to, to say it and to pray it, to take a stand, to make a declaration, to increase or reignite our faith in the mountain moving God. And, and so can everyone understand where they are right now? And just want, to, want you to just invite you to close your eyes this morning. And like I said before, there's, none of us don't have a mountain. Maybe, maybe it, you might feel like it's, oh, maybe it's not a big mountain, but it's still a mountain. It's something in your path, or it could be a very significant uh, mountain. It's all relative. It's probably it's significant, isn't it? Whether it looks small, looks big. And so I just want to invite you right now to hold out your hands in front of you if you feel comfortable. Just really believe that God wants to come right now and, and to reignite, to increase faith in hearts and increase the faith that God is our mountain mover, that He's actually personally coming alongside you to move that mountain. And I'm believing with you for that to happen, you know, and I believe it can. I believe it can move. In Jesus' Name. And so, Lord, right now, I surrender to You every person that's standing in front of You with their arms raised, Lord, and all those who, are, who have a mountain that they're personally bringing before You this morning. And Lord, I declare with them that that mountain is going to move in the Name of Jesus. That mountain is shifting and it's changing. That bad situations are turning around. That light is coming in the darkness. That Lord, healing is coming in the Name of Jesus. Physical healing, emotional healing. There's financial breakthrough for people here today. There's there's people that are going to get yes responses to things they've been waiting for during the week. There's people looking for jobs. And I see the doors opening for you in the Name of Jesus. I declare that those mountains will move. We we say the mountain, move. We say, go, throw yourself into the sea. We declare that Jesus is the way maker. We declare that Jesus is the promise keeper. We declare that Jesus is the hope bringer this morning. And so I thank You, Lord, that You're shifting things around in people's lives. And, and, you know, I just feel like there's people here who, I, I just feel like you need to just say, you don't have to say it out loud, but I just want you to say, I trust You, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. It's like by saying that, it sounds very simple, but it's very powerful. I trust you, Jesus. You're in control. You're in control. You're in control. You're, in, you're making a way, Jesus. You're making a way. That door is opening for me. You know, I believe that as we say it, we are partnering with Him to see things shift. And I don't know when it's going to shift, but I know it will shift. I know it will move because there's been no situation in my life where I haven't seen God move the mountains 
in front of me. And sometimes it doesn't look the way you think. Yes, that's right. But you know, we've got to shift from a place of fear and doubt to faith. We've got to shift from a place of fear and doubt to faith. Jesus, I trust You. You're in control. And so right now, just hand that thing over to Him. Hand it over to the Lordship of Jesus. I feel like it's people who, you know, you're holding on to it. Let it go. Give it over to Him. He's more than able. He's more, he, Jesus died on the cross. He's more than able. You know, He's, a, he's all-powerful, all-knowing. Give it over to Him right now. Jesus, we thank You that this week we're going to say it <laughs> and we're going to pray it. And we're staying the course. We're not giving up. We're going to stand in faith. And we're going to claim that the mountain is moving. We're going to claim that You are our mountain mover. And so may the words that we speak this week match what Your Word says and may it be powerful because of what You give us, that anointing may it be powerful to see miracles happen. In Jesus' mighty Name. Thank You, Lord. You can open your eyes and just be seated. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this Word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.